0: are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show we provide daily episodes talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me later this week and every week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. A couple of quick announcements. I just—I know I was announcing all of last week that these episodes were coming out at 5 a.m. So some of you may be wondering why is this not coming out at 5 a.m.? Well, I've abandoned that. They're going to come out earlier, probably than the noonish time that they used to come out, but it's not going to be five. So be on the lookout. It's, it's going to f- fluctuate for now a little bit, but we'll zero in on a time, and it should become consistent. And then the other thing I just briefly need to say, that yesterday was two years for us at Locked on Giants. So thank you so much for your support over that period of time. It's been an absolute blast, 450-plus episodes. So looking forward to year three. So that's what we're going to talk about today. As the season approaches, we've got to talk about Logan Webb, who just continued his dominant spring yesterday. And then we're going to kind of draw on this article by Grant Brisby in The Athletic talking about some spring stats that matter. And Logan Webb is an example of that. We'll, we'll also talk about Mauricio Dubon and his surprisingly stellar strikeout-to-walk ratio and more. But Logan Webb, what else can you say? Yesterday he goes out against the Cleveland Indians, goes five innings, gives up one hit, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. So now in the spring, Logan Webb has gone 11 innings, he's given up just three hits and one walk, and he has 17 strikeouts. So somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, and we answered it on a mailbag, what are some spring stats that matter. And I had a hard time answering. I was basically kind of saying, you know, behind the scenes stuff, under the hood stuff that we don't have access to. But I I can't believe I missed something this obvious. Like if a pitcher goes out and throws 11 innings and has 17 strikeouts and one walk, that matters. That is not just something you write off completely and say doesn't matter it's spring training. I mean, maybe if they were only throwing at the back end of games when, you know, the non-starting level players were in there, maybe. But even then, you're like, wow, this guy has really opened some eyes. But if it's a starting pitcher, I mean, regardless, I don't even care. The point is that Logan Webb has made an absolute statement this spring, and you all know it. You've read about him because he is the story of this camp. And... You know, with Alex Wood probably potentially going to start the season on the injured list, it is likely, I would say, that Logan Webb is going to get some opportunities in that starting rotation to start the year. He's done it with like a devastating changeup that they're asking him to throw more and to throw in the strike zone more. He made some grip adjustments. And watching these videos, yesterday's game was televised by Cleveland. And it looks like a left-handed slider. The horizontal movement is just off the charts. And it also has really good vertical movement. So as a right-handed pitcher, he's releasing this ball. And it is just darting drastically to the right towards a right-handed batter. And it's also, you know, dropping. So hitters just look helpless trying to make contact with this thing, let alone square it up. So it's exciting. And, you know, Logan Webb was considered a top Giants prospect. It's not like he's completely obscure or anything like that. And he's still very young. So, a quote from Webb after the game he said, My main goal coming into this season and everything was just to kind of show that I'm better than what I showed the last two years. I feel like I've had glimpses of being what I'm capable of. And now it just comes down to being consistent with it. There are so many different things that go into that. And I think I'm starting to hone in on that. I feel pretty good about it. He looks legit. And so it's exciting. And it's potentially just another example of the Giants' newfound ability to get the most out of their players. Which is basically the most important thing that teams are trying to do right now. Maybe instead of needing to spend $300 million on a hitter, if you can turn your own hitters into $300 million players, then that's that's the best way to go about it. Not to say, oh, they're just doing it to be cheap, but you know you run into issues with that, and there's significant risk with that. So anyway, I mean, it just goes without saying. If you can develop your own players and make them better, that is an unbelievably valuable skill and that's what the giants seemingly demonstrated with with a lot of their hitters last year and with logan webb they've been hyping him up and and telling him to make some adjustments and if it works it's you know first and foremost credit to logan webb but also it's significant in terms of the reputation of the giants for getting the most out of their players So coming up next, we're going to turn our attention a little bit more to the offense. These guys exploded in the game against Cleveland yesterday. And I definitely want to talk about Mauricio Dubon and others. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Like I said, Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Giants once a week. Yes, you can join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. You'll find fans just like you to join for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course reacting to big games, rumors, trades, and everything like that. You'll have a chance to chat with me, and you might even be featured on the Locked On Giants podcast through our Locker Room Conversations. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Ben Caspic to be notified when my room goes live. I'll be going live later this week and every week thereafter. I can't wait to hear all of your thoughts, so I'll see you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We've been telling you about Built Bar... The best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. How are we going to do that? Well, it's Built Bar madness. Today's matchup is cookies and cream versus coconut almond. I don't know what it is with you guys and voting for coconut, but apparently they keep winning. I don't like coconut. I'm voting cookies and cream all the way here. Let me know what you think. And be sure to go to BiltBar.com or follow them on Twitter to vote on today's matchup. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, so as promised, I want to talk about the offensive explosion yesterday by the Giants and some other spring stats that may matter. I thought Grant Brisby's piece in The Athletic was really interesting. And he's right about a lot of things. Like, some of those stats do matter, I would say. So I guess first I do want to talk about Mauricio Dubon. And I guess a recurring theme today is going to be development and the Giants' newfound ability to develop players, and it has to be said, this is a Gabe Kapler and his coaching staff thing. This was not something that the Giants were known for under the previous coaching staff. It's just an example of how the game changed. Like, Bruce Bochy is a legendary manager from that time period where that style of managing, I mean, he was the best at what he did. But the game changed, and the Giants really kind of were falling behind. Other teams were doing what the Giants are doing now, and it's tough to stay competitive. And anyway, we could go down a rabbit hole here. But getting to the point, Mauricio Dubon. The stat that Brisby throws out here is the fact that Dubon has 10 walks and just six strikeouts on the spring. And just watching his at-bats, it's unbelievable how much he's transformed since first coming over to the Giants. And it's not just spring training. We saw it happen in the middle of the season last year. He started out the year completely out of control at the plate. He was just hacking at anything that was thrown up to him. If you had thrown the rosin bag, he would have taken a swing. That was the kind of aggressiveness we saw out of Dubon. And his movement at the plate looked unsustainable. There was like a big leg kick. There was a lot of hand action. It just didn't look like he was going to have any chance to be disciplined and pick up the ball and make you know good swing decisions. But as the season went on, we saw him totally quiet down at the plate, and it resulted in better discipline. We saw him much more disciplined. It took time. It definitely wasn't overnight. But as the season went on, and I thought, you know, Brisby points out beautifully that after the Giants series against the A's, which included those Trevor Gott blowups, DuBon was hitting two fifty with a two seventy one on base and three twenty one slugging. But two seventy one on base just barely above the two fifty batting average, that's just not gonna work. And it means like you basically have to hit three ten to to be valuable in the on base department. You could hit 290 and still only have a 307 on base percentage, which is well below average. But anyway, after that game, Dubon hit 287 with a 371 on base percentage. So notice that the gap got so much bigger, and that's because he drew 13 walks in those 117 plate appearances. Before that, he had two walks in 50 plate appearances. So it was clear. It wasn't just luck. Like he definitely changed at the plate. You could see it with your own eyes. And then this spring, getting to the point, 10 walks, six strikeouts. And if you watch the games, you can see he's gotten even better at this. And he even said, I mean, he is doing this on purpose. Just the other day, he said, if I can't hit it out, I'm not swinging. So he has adopted this mentality completely. And that's what you love to see. And the Giants are building this culture of only wanting and bringing in players who are open-minded about improving. So it's just really interesting. They talk about that, how they want players who want to develop and who are open-minded. Like you don't want, no offense, but like a Jeff Samarja who's just stubborn and anti-anything new school. You don't need that. You want a culture where guys are just continually trying to improve and buy into what the coaching staff is doing. And Dubone is inspiring as someone who has really taken this to heart and the results are clear. And again, we can say the same thing about Logan Webb taking it to heart and the results are clear. So the mentality that the hitting coaches emphasize and teach is. Don't swing unless you can do damage. And so that's what we're seeing from Dubon. It is exciting, just like I said with Logan Webb. But, you know, I don't know exactly what to expect from him this year. Historically, he's done quite well against lefties. But if he can hit righties too and be a good defensive center fielder, then you've really got something in Mauricio Dubon. Anyway, lastly, I just want to talk... More about maybe some more of these Brisby stats, and also I want to get to what went down with the offense yesterday against Cleveland. But first I want to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and baseball is just over a week away bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv they've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best place to place your bets and it's free to sign up lots of baseball action you can get in on at bet online we'll be talking about it a lot as the season goes on i feel like there's some opportunities there so go and check out what they've got to offer Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Before we talk about some of these last few stats and get into yesterday's home run explosion against the Indians, I want you to know that today is finally the day the Locked On MLB podcast begins its division preview series. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. But yeah, I just want to continue to look through some of the stats that Brisby pointed out in this piece and also talk about what went down yesterday against the Indians. I've been teasing that all day long, so we'll get to that first. But they hit a bunch of home runs. That's basically what I wanted to say. Donovan Solano hit one in the first inning. Austin Slater hit one in the second. Tommy Lastella in the fifth. Crawford in the sixth. Will Wilson in the ninth. So it was just a really good day for the Giants. It's funny. In spring, it's like I saw somebody write this and I'm going to steal the line. But the gist of it was when your team plays well, you take it as an encouraging sign about the upcoming season. And when your team does poorly in a game, you write it off and say it doesn't matter because it's spring training. So there's definitely a little bit of that going on with me. But, you know, like I said, there are, I would definitely say, I would agree with Brisby's ultimate kind of thesis in this piece that strikeout to walk ratio is something that's going to matter if it's, especially if it's clear as day. That someone is excelling or doing poorly in those categories. But also, spring is a time where you can just observe swing changes and things like that. So, Crawford is an example of someone who underwent a pretty drastic swing change, or at least his stance pre pitch. But, you know, he had a nice season in 2020. It's easy to write it off and say, oh, it was a 60 game season and, you know, he's going to go back to what he was before that. But it's also entirely possible that he just actually has gotten tangibly better. And so it's hard to project this team. Like, you have all these projection systems. They do not know what the Giants have been up to. That's the thing. Is like, people say like, oh, well, Pakoda said the Giants are going to stink. And so therefore, don't even play the season they're a fourth-place team. They're going to win. They're going to lose 90 games. Well, newsflash is that Pakota said the Giants were going to really stink last year, and they were one of the few teams that had a positive run differential. They they really should have been above 500. Kind of grinds my gears a little bit that we call last year a losing season. Had a, had a debate yesterday with someone on Twitter, you know, being critical about the state of the Giants and just saying they're going to have their fifth consecutive losing season. But can we really count last year? Like, first of all, they should have been above 500. I know there's no shoulds. They were not above 500, but it was 60 games. And it just doesn't really... You can't... Two more wins and you're above 500. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's just encouraging to see power from LaStella... Will Wilson, he doesn't have the greatest stat line this spring, but he's held his own for someone who has, like, no upper minors experience whatsoever. This was the guy that the Giants acquired in what I thought was one of the savviest trades it, that I've seen, really, when they acquire Will Wilson by taking on Zach Cozart's contract from the Angels. So this guy, he looks poised. He looks like a good defender, They move him around, and it's great for the Giants that they have him in their system. I heard Scott Harris on a podcast with Susan Slusser the other day, and he pointed out something that I wish I had had said but still haven't, that he thinks it's really encouraging and exciting that they can throw out this pretty decent, good Major League lineup in, in a spring game, and then in the second half of the game, the Giants have like intriguing prospects that they're able to able to throw out all over the field. They've got Will Wilson, Elliot Ramos, Marco Luciano, Logan Wyatt, Joey Bart, Patrick Bailey, Hunter Bishop. So it's really incredible. And if you if you look at like spring training 3 4 years ago, even the major league team like when you had Your secondary major leaguers, you know, your Kelby Tomlinsons and your Gorky's Hernandez's, that was not inspiring. And so, even at the major league level, your depth was really thin. But, you know, at your minor league level, they didn't have, like, Chris Shaw was an example of one of their top prospects. And he's out of the organization now because he does not have those skills that this front office covets. And you question the likelihood of someone like Shaw being able to have major league success because of the, the chase and the swing and miss. But to have, you know, Ramos, Bart, Luciano, Will Wilson, Hunter Bishop, to just throw the, those guys out there as your like third string squad in a given spring game, it's just, it gives you a glimpse of the future of this team, which is starting to look pretty bright. I can't believe I didn't say this yet. There's just so much to talk about. But yesterday, MLB Pipeline put out their list of the top farm systems for position players. They've done their top overall farm systems and the Giants came in 11th on their list. But the trend line is clearly getting better. Like a couple years ago, they were 28th or something. So they're getting better there. But when they did this on the just position player mix, guess where the Giants came in? Second, second, the Giants have the second best position player prospect group of all 30 teams right now, according to MLB Pipeline. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. And honestly, that's a good thing for this team. Like they could just have a strategy of either trading for starting pitching or signing starting pitching because it's going to be a lot easier to attract starting pitchers than it will be to attract free agent hitters so you know the Cubs had this strategy before they went on to win their championship and look at their offensive core I mean you see the results and then they they signed starting pitchers they signed John Lester as an example they've they had signed U Darvish after that so you know if the Giants just have a stud position player mix and all they need is starting pitching I think that's not a bad problem to have So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. I could go on and on and do another hour about this, but we'll have to save that for tomorrow. So we are a daily show, Monday through Friday. Can't wait for the start of the season. If you're a fan of this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. So many of you have, and I so appreciate it. I read them all. So thank you so much. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspic, That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. So until then, we'll see you next time.